0: As the buckets are going by, we had some youth go to camp this last week. And I believe they had over 40 salvations the first night. Yes, no. Okay. And a bunch of people get baptized in the Holy Spirit and and things take care. I need one guy that can give me a two-minute testimony. Now, if you go longer than two minutes, I got the hook. But I know you're a man of many words. they give you a mic? I'm slow, aren't I? Go ahead. I'm not that slow, am I? Check.
1: Um, I would just like to say that uh, it was something new. Like, it was life-changing and you know? um like when i first got there i was like um you know am i gonna really get it this time i mean and like when i left i was like yeah i do get it and um i think it was tuesday night the pastor he said uh he said if you keep walking with your faith in god uh this is the worst you can get on earth when you get to heaven is just i mean like if you because i was i was dealing with. Um, like when I asked my friends to come to church and stuff, they would say like no. And, you know, he said like if you if you ask them, I'm like, it's okay. Kind <laughs> of nervous. Like when you like when you ask them and they say no and you like they shoot you down, like that's the worst thing you can get. You know, that's
0: it. Good. It's okay. There you go. All right. I'm going to put, put the man that put his hat on backwards, give him a chance. Come up here. Something about the backwards hat attracted me, that you must have a word or something. Two minutes. Any longer than that, God is not there. Just
2: kidding. Okay. Uh, okay, well, first, when they told me about the camp, I thought, like, I immediately thought like, nah, I don't have enough time. Uh, I want to do something else for summer, you know? And uh, I kept thinking about it almost every night, and then I figured, why not? Why not go uh, make my parents happy? uh, (laughs) Get get away from the family for a week, you know? And maybe I would find something, you know, something just to find there. And the very first night, I knew that camp was going to be intense. It was, the first night was, I was crying. It, it was amazing. And by the end of the week, I felt so happy. Like, I haven't felt this happy in forever. I, I smiled for the first time. I looked up, and I just said, thank you, God. Thank you, because I I left all my burdens at the cross. I, all the weights on my shoulder were just completely lifted. Everything that I was holding onto was just, it was gone, and I just felt, so free, I felt free. The chains were broken, and it, it was just amazing. It, I am so grateful I got to go.
0: Amen. <laughs> hey, Thank you, brother. All righty. He said he felt very happy, happier than when the um, Spurs won the NBA championship. His dad smiled, got the shirt on. I don't know why he got the shirt on. It's only—it's only gonna be short-lived. But you know, who talks smack? No one talks smack here. Why you gotta deal with New York? Five what? Where are they? <laughs> I got 10. Because <laughs> I've been around longer. <laughs> Since 1957. <laughs> you didn't know we talk smack. Guys talk smack here because that's what we do. But really, I want to welcome you. We're going to finish and land the plane. We got a video next week about kids. And also we'll have some more testimonies. Um, we're going to um, land the plane with Ephesians series. How many you have been enjoying the book of Ephesians? This one here, we're going to end on the word. How many love the word fight? How many when you were growing up, you talked a lot, but you didn't do much? You was hoping that God didn't hit you back. You ever get one? Just hold me back. And then they let you go. Go ahead, man. Nothing but air. Then you had to come up with something new, right? You had to cry a little bit to get out of it. When well, we're talking about fighting, and Paul talked about the whole book saying a brand new person a brand new position in, in Christ. You have a brand new family and a brand new mission together in unity. Then he gets down to chapter six, says now finally you're going to have to take all that and fight. <laughs> and how many get sometimes get weary from fighting? But we do it every day. Have you noticed on television? When we used to just have ivory soap to wash up, we didn't know it was 99.9% germ-free. So what am I going to have point percent? I might get sick off that. And this spray that you spray to keep you from getting what? Sick. And you have all this stuff. Wear your mask because you might catch the flu, and they teach you how to protect yourself from getting sick or getting ill and you know in the body of Christ we're in a fight. And God in chapter 6 talks about that we need to the certain equipment that we need cuz we have an enemy. Name's the devil. He doesn't like you. Doesn't like anything about you. Doesn't care for you. Now, here's the interesting thing is, if you read the Bible, he's already been defeated. Been cast down. But he loves to take whatever is golden, whatever is awesome, because we're God's creation, and he loves to mess it up. See, it had nothing to do with Adam and Eve in the garden. He just saw when he created Adam and Eve, they were very good. He says, whatever very good, I'm going to tear it up. And he tried to take Christians and tear us up. And the thing is, he never stops coming. So when Paul gets down to this part, here's my, my prayer, that you will realize, one, when you became Jesus Christ's own, you put on a helmet and say, now I am part of the war. Now, I don't want you to take it personal. It's between God and Satan. We just happen to be in the middle of it. And we represent God's glory, his very best. And he does not like to take anything good. He wants to, He can't create anything. He can only counterfeit it. Remember that. So he likes to take whatever God created, which is pure, and counterfeit it into something else. So we have a tough time talking about the word sex in church because it was pure by God and the devil took it and polluted it. And then we go, oh, we can't. Well, you can't. It was in the Bible. So let's go to Ephesians chapter 6, starting in verse 10. And I love the way it starts. It says, finally, be strong in the Lord and the strength of his might. Whose might? God's might. I love that. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up, everyone say take up, The whole armor of God, so that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, which is today. Having done all to stand firm, stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness as a shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace in all circumstances, Everybody say all circumstances. Take up. Everyone say take up the shield of faith, which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, praying at all times in the spirit with prayer and supplication to that end, keep with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. When you look at this passage, I wrote this down as your takeaway. If we don't take up, you'll be taken out. If you don't take up, you will be taken out. When you look at the very beginning, I love, I'm encouraged. He says, finally, after all the things that we talked about from chapter four, the practicums of it, the chapter six, new family, how to raise your family, how to have a great marriage, how to be Christians, now I'm going to teach you how to fight because you're going to end the passage on how to fight. And it says in the very beginning, to be, finally be strong in the Lord, which means in the, to be strong in the Lord is to know his strength and to draw closer to him. And you take what is known and you go out. To be strong in the Lord is to mean get closer to him. And then you know his strength and you have confidence in his strength And then you go out. And we talked about the stand, which is about four times in there. Talking about be stable. So you have success. You're getting close to him and you're standing on his promises and on his faithfulness that you will not slip. Now, you got to realize God did not call us to have a storm free life. He calls to have a storm-proof life, and we get mixed up sometime. I'm not supposed to have storms. If you are a Christian, you will have trouble." It's in the Bible. John chapter 16: 33 says, "In the world, you will have trouble." And you can look that word up in the Greek in the Hebrew, and Hebrew all you want. It's still trouble." <laughs> to have strength, stability and success when you stand. Now, there's a thing he put in here. The devil schemes. That he's scheming on me. That means he's studying me. How many play sports? How much time do you spend studying the other team? We did a lot. Know which way his weakness is. If he goes right, if he goes left, we have, him. well, the devil is scheming. He knows your weaknesses. Now, how many of you saw a guy dressed in red with a pitchfork and his hair all over the place screaming at you, are you going to stay there? No, it's like a horror movie. You're getting out of there, right? Hopefully. Most horror movies will be over in an hour so people will just leave versus trying to fight the devil. Well, it says he's so good, he schemes, he makes everything look good. He tried to scheme on Jesus in Matthew chapter 4, when he took him up on the high end. All these, all these kingdoms I'll give to you if you bow down. Really? When's the last time the devil gave you anything? Scheming. In 2 Corinthians 11... 14, it says this, no wonder, for even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. So he makes what's good, which is good, but it's not good for you. Makes it attractive, it's not good for you. That's how he lures you in. You see the commercials on TV during the Super Bowl, the beer commercials? The guys are dancing around, the girls show up because you have a beer. And then you watch the 10 o'clock news the guy consumed 20 of those beers and killed himself on the highway or ran someone over. Now, it's not a bad thing to drink beer. But that's hook to make you drunk, to smash up something, and that's the end of the story. makes everything good. If you're walking with God for a while and all of a sudden... You know, he knows you have this inkling that I need to have somebody with me because I don't want to walk alone anymore. I want to have a mate. And he says, yeah, they do because they're getting too good with God. Let me send them, her, or him, somebody with the golden tongue. They go to church? No, they go to church, but I'm going to help them be- go to church. So you got to leave your path of righteousness to go off the side of the road to help. Unless if you leave somebody, they're coming on your highway and you're going down together. Angel of light makes it look attractive until you get hooked. Three things I want to show you when you look at this, how we can effectively fight. First thing is, take up the whole armor of God. Second thing is, take up the shield of faith. The third is two things. Pray in the spirit and keep alert. Pray in the spirit and keep alert. The third one is the most important because if you don't get the third one right, the first two don't work because you can't get strength without prayer. You can't get strategy without prayer. You can't get freedom without prayer. And we'll, we'll take the part, do this. Now the armor of God. Paul is talking because in a, he knows about the Romans. Remember, he was locked up, so he knows about the Romans. Show, can you show him that picture? I'm sorry I'm, I'm throwing you around. Uh, the, arm, the arm, Just keep that up there, and I'll show you what that looks like. This is what he's talking about, the armor, and we're going to go through all this, how important it is that you have armor on because the enemy does not stop coming after you. They're talking about the army, the metaphor. And we know about today's life, about the, the military, how they've trained for years and years and buy new weapons for protection. Our police department, they don't look like the regular police department they used to before. They had, used to have one gun and a car. Now they got weapons. I said, those guys are, got flag vests on, bulletproof vests. They are out for protection because they know if they're unprotected, they will be what? Taken out. If they don't take up their protection, they will be taken out in the line of duty. And God wants us not to be taken out in the line of duty. And you're saying, I don't think I'm in a war. You are in a war. You just just forgot. All of us are. Like our young kids here. They experienced something great. You think someone doesn't want to steal that the first week, next week? That wasn't real. That doesn't work. That was just an experience you had. Look at this. When you look at the armor, there's six pictures, which I, I just looked at that the other day. The first one is the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, the shoes of peace, the, helm, um, the shield of faith, salve, the helmet of salvation, and the word of God. Do you know that it describes a new person in Christ? Who we are? Our position in Christ? When you talk about opposition, as far as walking in truth and righteousness and right standing with God, have peace with God and peace with mankind, have the faith, have salvation. And then we have the word of God to direct us. When you look at those six things, which is the piece of armor, the way he put it metaphorically, it's amazing because he's saying that's you. You have truth. You are righteous. You have peace because that is the fruit of the spirit. That's who we are. But when you go into war, sometimes you forget who you are. Let's look at the first one, the belt of truth. It means the live truth. The belt was, you you put it down here, it covered everything down here. It covered you. But a life lived in truth repels the devil. He cannot touch you when you live in truth. When Jesus was on the scene, he was about to go. He said that the, um, the prince of the air is coming the devil's coming basically coming he has nothing on me because i live my life with integrity and i live my life with truth nothing can stop the uh, enemy more when you have nothing he has no secrets on you and you can walk in freedom because you walk in nothing but truth second one is the breastplate of righteousness we reflect the character of god it covers you on both sides the whole breastplate they put on you on the front and the back it covers you and it's not about Jesus, God's righteousness in us. It's about us living it out, those righteousness. Again, it's hard to touch someone who's walking in truth and right standing with God, and they know it. And you have nothing on me. See the fight? See how you feel. If you feel guilty about something, it can stop you in your tracks. you talk about those things, the shoes talk about a soldier will wear the right shoes so he won't slip, have traction. And you talk about the gospel of peace. When you're standing on the gospel, it's the power of God for, for all things. When you're standing on your feet are firm. When I used to learn how to box until I got hit in the head, I said, I'm not doing this. That hurts. Uh, the, the, my training would teach me how to stand because the first thing a boxer try to do, if you're standing like this, he'll push you over. But he teach you how to get ahead and stand like this, put the back leg up, put your foot up, and anybody try to push you any way you can, you're not going down. The back leg was your support leg. Well, as your believer, my back leg is Jesus Christ. Keeps me from falling down and keeps me on good footing. When I need to go forward, I don't get knocked back. That's how important it is to go You go without it. If you go without it, you're going to get knocked down, pushed down, and feel like you never can get it back up again. And that's why you have to have sure footing. It even says a lie about you. My sure footing is, no, sorry, doesn't fit here. What about that family? Doesn't fit here. You're not good enough. Sorry, I'm on the gospel. I'm a new person in Christ. I'm not retreating. It's no more to retreat stuff. I spent too many years in the military to retreat. Because I know America has the greatest army in the world. Well, we have the greatest God in the world. He's never lost a fight. And with his children, why would we lose one? So when you take those four apart, now I broke it up and the shield of faith is next. Because if you ever dealt with armor or putting on equipment, especially when in the military did exercises, usually we're walking around with the right boots on and we're walking around without, um, um, what is that, armor? honey? What is that called again? A body armor. A body armor. The last thing you kind of grab is your, your pistol, your helmet, and you go out. Now as an evaluator, what's the worst thing in the Roman army was Great, was uh, good at that too. They would forget to take their protection because it was too heavy. So when we saw a military young man, uh, uh, older people, the equipment's laying over here and the bombs are dropping over here, we give them a card and say, you're dead. Now they didn't like the way the card, what the card read. The card says, you're going to go turn this card in and you are nothing. We gave you A dumb kill. A dumb kill. And they got offended by that. But we said, no, we, they gave you equipment to carry and you left it there when you really needed it. Now you're going to let your guy, if you're taken out, you're going to let your whole, your whole troops down, your whole family down. Think about it as, as families, as men. We forget our equipment. Our, we let ourselves down. We fall. We take everybody with us. That's dumb. Especially when you got something free. So we give him a card. And they go lay in the mall for six hours with a card. I'm dumb. And I'm not saying that to get on anybody. I'm talking about you're ignorant of the fact of the things you have. Take it with you. So you're talking about the shield of faith. Now, you're talking about the shield of faith that's about four and a half inch, it was four foot by two and a half feet on a person. Now, the interesting thing about the army was it's always in formation. Now, these guys are going forward. Right now, if anyone was shooting at them, the guys in the back, the guys in the front would stoop down with their arm, this shield here. The guys on the top, I mean, behind them would to put the shield on top of them, and the guys on the sides would turn this way, and they would shoot at them, and you can't hit them because they were protected by the shield. And the shield of faith is what we need to stop. The fiery, as we read, the fiery darts. Think about it. I read this thing by Heinrich Schuyler. Christ has left the devil, only the power of unbelief allows him. Christ has left the devil, only the power of unbelief allows him, which means he will get power in your life to the extent that you give it to him. And most of it is a lie. In fact, all of it is a liar because he is the father of lies. Think about it. He's the father of lies. So if you give him power when you agree with the lie, what are the fiery darts that we deal with every single day that we all come suspect to? The first one is doubt. And doubt is the door that opens you up to everything. If you doubt God's goodness and his love and his, his grace for you, when you doubt that, you open yourself up to a lot of different things. Just the word doubt. Let, what do you think what happened to Adam and Eve in the garden? They had everything. And Satan came down and said, the serpent, which they're running. why they didn't run away from a snake, but he was so attractive, they just sat there and talked, she talked to him. Did God really say that you're going to die. So at that moment, God became, to their mind, instead of the giver, he became a taker. So God's holding out on us. They doubted God and they fell. It opened the door to where we live today. How about this one? Make sure I get it right. Distraction. How many feel distracted? You're on your way and something comes up. I told someone this the other day. How many believe God's in everything? Come on. How many believe God's in everything? That don't mean you have to be in everything. (laughs) And that's what distraction does to you. Nehemiah did when he was building the wall. It came down. We need to talk to you. He said, I'm doing a mighty work. I don't have time to come down. You know, I don't have time to go after things. They're good, you know, good things, but they're not a God thing for me. Like our church, we have one direction we're going in. We want to make disciples. People say, how come you don't do this? And you, that's a distraction to us because God gave us this one thing to do and try to do that well, not multiple things. In our lives, we need to do that one thing. And stay on purpose with God. Because sometimes he'll, in the devil, throw things, good things at you. That don't mean you have to be involved in it. How about this one, discouragement? Discouragement is the word, the word courage. Discouragement happens over a small amount of time. Eats away at your courage. You get Discouraged get discouraged, and then all of a sudden, you are running hard with everybody, and all of a sudden, I can't do this anymore, and then that becomes your monument. You won't do anything any longer because you got discouraged, and everything you try to ex- ex- experience, you can't because you're locked in in discouragement, which leads to the last thing. One of the things here, depression, because you get angry when you cannot do what you want to do, or how the things that God called you to do, you get very angry, and what depression is, is anger turned inward, which leads to despair. And we're seeing a lot of despair because that's why the suicide rates are way up. And guess who is putting the buttons on you? Guess who wants to kill, steal, kill, and destroy, John 10.10 says? The devil. And Jesus says, I came to give you life in abundance. I know the difference, but he steals from you slowly. And you see the drift to you in despair. And you know when you despair, you don't tell anybody. It's a secret. Then he speaks to you, especially if you go to a church, that they're supposed to know your name. Booker don't even care about me anymore. Now, Booker don't even know you're sick. Unless he's a mind reader. Last one is, all that happens, discord. Sowing discord among the brethren. You know what killed the church over the last 2,000 years? Discord. He's good at it. Let me offend you, offend you, and offend you, and you guys will stop moving because you got to deal with that. Yeah. And the secret you, they don't care about me. They don't know anything about me. They, in fact, they hate me. Who's they? Who told you that? God doesn't love me. He want, he's forgot about me. I keep going through all this trouble. It's no good any longer. Who told you that? Those are voices you hear all the time. Not good enough. Who told you that? When you open up doubt, it's a train that stop, keeps moving. And when I said about this, it's hard to be in doubt when you're walking with everyone in the same step, but when you're by yourself, it is hard to be to stay pure and stay strong. That's why you need number three, praying in the spirit, that keeps you alert. Praying in the spirit, keep alert. Now this one here has been amazing, how that has been so disrupted. First about it says, pray continually, which means have a conversation with, with God. Could I give you a little example? Here's my phone. Whenever I pick up the phone, it can be at um, between Treadway and oh gosh, and 20, South 27th, when you need prayer. And I'm asking God, God I don't want to get hit out here. I just said something to him. He didn't drop the call. Doesn't mean you got to be in your private place. and you're, He said, pray continually. Now, the second thing is, when he says praying in the spirit, that's been attacked more times than, than I can imagine. The reason why it's attacked more times than I can imagine, because the devil knows if you start praying in the spirit, he doesn't hear what you got to say. He doesn't know what your heart is. Only God hears it. It's like when we hear the new technology of the iPhone, with the now cryptic language in it. You have to, no one can touch, get into your iPhone. I'm not selling them, but no one can get into your iPhone. Unless you put the what? The code in. Praying in the spirit, guys. The devil can't get into your prayer because God has locked down the screen. He's locked down the screen. And when you take prayer and perseverance and you put them together, you will stay alert. You will know exactly What's going on? You will know exactly that's right. You'll know exactly that's wrong. But you got to realize, you'll know that you're in a fight. I realized one thing. Since we got back from Cincinnati, we have been in a fight. We came in, John came back. We cannot wait to get started in GPC. When we got back from Cincinnati and we broke through something, oh, my gosh. But we realized we're moving forward. And he doesn't want that in your life or my life. And one thing I remember that you might have to go ahead and remember, when it talks about praying in the spirit, and the one part I missed, the sword of the spirit. When Jesus was tempted, the spirit, the, the sword, it's an offensive weapon. forgot that part offensive weapon. One thing I realized, Jesus didn't have a Bible in front when he had to fight the devil. He had the word on him. And the golden words that he does not like to hear is, it is written. Well, you know, you're falling short. It is written down more than a conqueror. It is written that I have victory in Christ in all things. In fact, I'm going to give him thanks because I have his victory. It is written. It has to be in you so you can force it out and, and fight with it. If it isn't in you, you can't call somebody. Hey, give me that scripture that I'm trying to fight the devil with. It has to be in you. It's an offensive weapon. And Prayer. The intelligence. Now, I'm not saying that you focus so much on the devil. You don't need to. You just need to tell him to get lost. You don't call out who the demon is. You just tell him you got to flee because Jesus is stronger than you are. There's no, there's no fair fight. He's only given you some privileges, not all of them. What's what he talking about? Why don't we stand? One thing I enjoy that we're part of is a prayer group because instead of just pray for ourselves, we get the opportunity as intercessory prayer leaders to pray for other people. We get to pray a shield over your life. And we're hoping that you, when you have your prayer time, you start praying for us for a shield over our lives because it's all about being covered. And prayer is not for the high and the, the most excellent person—it's for every day, everyday person. Pray before you get nervous. Pray about everything. As you're walking out, there, thank you, God, for this. Well, thank you. I'm just praying. Thank you for the rain, and thank you for the more rain that's coming. One of the scriptures I like is that John chapter 16, verse 33. It's a promise. We don't like the promise, but it's it's the truth. I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace. But take heart, I have overcome the world. Now, I'm going to give you plain language. I said this thing that in in Christ you will have peace. Now, that word take heart, it means say cheer up. It means cheer up, smile, have a great time. Because in me... You're going to have great, I already overcome the world. So the world has no place in your life to tear you up. When you know that confidence, you can walk in confidence. You got to remember that. One thing I left out because God wanted me to put it at the end. How many love to wear hats? There's a thing called the helmet of salvation. One thing I remember, whenever I'm being stressed on something, you kind of listen to the voice that uh, you don't count. This is over. It's done. Here's the lie. You ever heard this lie? It's just how I am. I'm never going to change. You ever hear that? Some of you got relatives. That's how they are. They're never going to change. That's a lie. By the power of God, they will change. But if you don't have the helmet of salvation with the confidence in knowing that first of all I am saved and I am not guilty, how many walk struggle with condemnation? Condemnation can happen to me in Monday morning, because I live in this world. The helmet, as Joyce Meyer said, is the battlefield of the mind. That's where he attacks you. When you hear the words, you're not good enough you're not this, you're not that. When you hear the word not, you know it's an attack from the enemy. When you say you are, you know it's God. That helmet protects you from the falling rain of the devil, of the darts that are flying. They're flying every single day. And God's called us as a church to pray to do three things. Continually put on the armor. To take up the shield of faith. Without faith, we can't get anything. And without prayer, none of this exists. Don't run from the fight, run into the fight. And run with other people. People who are different, but they're great because they're people of God. I went long on this one on purpose. So I just want to let you know it's a fight that you already won. Now share that with someone, your coworker, who does not know, who might be in discouragement, who might be on the tip of despair because they don't know there's a God that saved their life by dying on the cross for them to give them a second chance with him. You know that, so you're already a winner. They don't know that. The reason why we say this because we want you to take what you received. Everything we talked about faith and love and grace, all those things you happen here, we want you to take outside and be and take it to some other person and let them know that. Can I have our leaders come up? As we close if you need prayer for anything, come up and get prayed for. Because I hit a bunch of things today. I know. I can't say that. I know some of us are dealing with some of this. Some are in here. Some Mr. and Mrs. Doubts here this morning. Mr. and Mrs. Depression's here this morning. Mr. and Mrs. Distraction here this morning. Mr. and Mrs. Discouragement's here this morning. And some are uh, Mr. and Mrs. Despair's here this morning. Among us. Don't leave home, don't leave here without getting prayer for because there's power in prayer and agreement. Go home, get in your Bible, take the logos that's written and make a rainbow off your lips. Let it become, who you, become who you are truly created to be, God's marvelous and wonderful children with all the strength in the world because we're tapped into one who owns everything and who's strong in all things. Our shield, our fortress, our help, present help in times, in our times right now. Who's ever going through something, as we close, come up front and get prayer. Let me pray. Father, I thank you this morning for your word, Lord, that We will commit to take up your armor. We'll commit to take up the shield of faith. And we shall commit to pray, not just for ourselves, but for one another. Father, we know that life is tough here on earth. but Father, you didn't call us to to bring us to heaven. You call us to take heaven and bring it to earth. Father, I pray for everyone here, God, whatever they're going through. Father, I pray a breakthrough this morning. I pray you break through the word doubt. Break through anything that's depressing them, God. Anything that's distracting them, God. Anything, Lord, that will cause despair or discouragement. We call right now in the name of Jesus, Father, we ask for your Holy Spirit to fill them. And we thank you this morning, God, for your goodness and your love. Most of all, we thank you for your grace. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.